When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome on in, Giants fans, to episode seven of Talk is Cheap. Joe Giglio, Jordan Renan with us here as we talk Giants, as we get set for OTAs, and obviously some big news, some tough news for Giants fans coming out of last week with a major injury on the offensive line. Jordan, how you doing this week, bud? Yo, what's up? We got to go at it again without our buddy Nick here. You we know, the, do. The ratings, the ratings hit Nick Powell. We, we're at a deficit again. He skipped town, leaving us to talk here. We'll start with the big story from last week. Will Beatty hey, left tackle. They don't, have, they don't have internet in, in South Africa. Weak. Come on. Is that where he went? He skipped out South Africa, huh? That is where he went. That sounds like a fun vacation. Better than I, I guess doing a podcast. But this is fun enough. This is good enough for us. All right. So we'll start with the injury from last week. It's a major Fire. one. Uh, Will Beatty out five, probably at least five months with a pec injury. Uh, your initial thoughts when you heard, and now how do you think the Giants, you know, figure this out without him? Yeah, it seems like it's an easy five months, more likely six. Uh, five seems awfully optimistic. Uh, even, you know, everybody involved is crossing their fingers on five, but it, that would be an aggressive, aggressive number. If you came back, I'd get exactly five, which essentially would be, you know, mid to early October. So we're looking at somewhere around November, which is a huge blow because, look, this is your left tackle, Okay. You don't just lose your left tackle till November and it not be anything. It, this is a problem. I mean, you could say whatever you want about Beatty, Beatty, however you, however you pronounce his name. I'm still, I'm still not really sure. But you could say whatever you want about him. He was had a good year last year, uh, was at the very least a serviceable, probably above average left tackle, and now you're filling it with what? A bunch of... Uh, you know, unknowns. It, it's really a big crapshoot now. Uh, Eric Flowers, look, I'm a big proponent of the pick. Um, I like the skills he brings to the table. Being, and I've said this over and over, we said this even, we were talking about whether Pew would be playing right tackle or whether Flowers would. And I said this then. Uh, it is a tough transition to go from college football to playing ta- offensive tackle in the National Football League these days and there aren't a ton of guys that are successful. You know, we were hope, we were thinking maybe Flowers would be playing right tackle. Now you're looking at him playing left tackle. Now you're looking at him at the possibility of him protecting Eli Manning's blind side. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the Giants turned to Justin Pugh for that. Uh, I still wouldn't be surprised if we see some of Jeff Schwartz maybe at tackle. Uh, Marshall Newhouse will even get a look. I'm not sure if he will get... A ser- how serious the look he'll get, 
But these are all options. I think everything, it's all hands on deck. Everything is on the table right now for the Giants. And they even more than before, which is, I think, was the philosophy they kind of wanted to have before. But now, you know, they got to figure out who the left tackle is first and then move from there instead of figuring out who the right tackle is and moving from there. And, that, you know, you'd much rather have the guy, your, your franchise quarterback blindside protected first and then move, and move on from there than anything else. No doubt about that. I mean, do you think this is going to make Giants fans here maybe appreciate Beatty a little bit more? He's been maligned, I think, for years, especially since signing that contract. But now we'll get to see year. the team without him. He really did. He had a bad year. Everybody admitted it. He knew it. So, yeah, it's not like it's unjustified. He kind of deserved it. But now without him, we'll see the Giants without a left tackle that's at least stable. Do you think that makes fans realize, you know what, this guy's decent. If Maybe he's not great. Maybe he's not even that good. But he's decent, I think, at left tackle. Well, it depends what the solution is. If Eric Flowers can step in and be an instant uh, above-average tackle, then no one's gonna, no one's, you know, gonna miss Will Beatty at all. But you know, we're flipping a coin right now. It's it's another it's another if that we're adding to the list of ifs that we created a couple weeks ago that we were going over a couple weeks ago, and it's just another one on the table for this Giants team. And you know, they're building up. You have. 10 or 12 ifs now or whatever. I'm making up a number. But, you know, when you, you get to the point where, okay, even if in a great year, 75% of those ifs don't work out, that's like four positions where they could be utter disaster. Right, and I think the ifs will probably just keep piling up here as we go along. Now OTAs coming up and through the summer. Last one on Beatty, and then we'll move on to the OTAs coming up here uh, with this week and the, and the Giants and all the news coming out. Do you think the silver lining could be how early this injury happened? You know, this happens two weeks before the opener. Everyone goes into disarray trying to figure out what to do. They have all of OTAs, all of training camp, all of preseason to figure out what the best five is. Do you think that's a silver lining here that this injury happened so early? And also with that, he could come back in October or November if they put him on that short-term IR. Yeah, I think that is a benefit. Obviously, like you said, if it happens in uh, September, you look at five months, his season's over. I mean, you know, there's going to be no season for Will Beatty. So, yeah, that's a positive, and I think it does help that they get to mess around now. They get to, you know, plug guys in all over the place and see what's best and, and see what the best combination is. Now, what is that? I don't think anyone really knows. Now, if I was creating one right now, can I, can I go over it now, Joe? Or, yeah, let's, let's hear it. I'm interested in it. Or are we, like, uh, basically, you know, touching on the question we're going to get in a little bit? Um, well, you could touch on yours right now, and then we'll get into some of those questions. All right. Here's what I'm thinking. To be honest with you, I think the best option might right now, I mean, you got to see where, where Eric Flowers is, but as much as people don't like Justin Pugh, he's got to be a tackle now. And I think you might be best with him at right tackle and Schwartz at left tackle. I mean, uh, sorry, Pugh at left tackle and, and Schwartz at right tackle, and then you know, start Flowers in the middle. I'm not so sure if I want to put him on the outside. I happen to think the other guys might be better on the outside than him right now. And then have Flowers maybe at a right guard, and you have a right side of Flowers and Schwartz. I mean, if you want to flip-flop them, either or, tackle guard, and then, uh, you know, Richburg in, uh, at the center, and, and uh Jerry or whoever else can win that spot, you know, open competition for that left guard spot. So I, I think that's kind of how I would do it right now. It's funny. I think, honestly, I think that, that Pew's your best tackle on this team. He might right be. Now. It's funny, Jordan, as you said that. I think back to his rookie year when he played pretty well and Beatty wasn't playing well. And I remember a lot of fans, Giants fans saying, 
you know, maybe Pugh's the left tackle of the future, and then he had a bad year last year, or went a little bit backwards last year, and people started saying, well, maybe he's really a guard, and now because of all this circumstance and your scenario there, he might have to go from right tackle to maybe a guard to now all the way over at left tackle. This is a big year for Pugh now. I mean, they need him. Yeah, definitely. They definitely they need him big time because they need him to play tackle and they need him to play well. And uh, look, he had a very bad stretch last year. He'll admit it. You know, the Giants admit it. They, they, it wasn't the best year for him. There was some injuries in there that kind of uh, slowed him down. Uh, I believe he got hurt in that Seattle warming up in Seattle. It was so. You know, it was still midway through the season. He hadn't had the best first half of the season, but certainly wasn't. Uh, you know. Atrocious, but, you know, he's not an ideal left tackle. Let's get that out of the way. We know that. His size, his length, he's not ideal left tackle. But what do they have as tackle right now that you can say is we know for sure is a quality tackle in the NFL? And I think the best you have is, is Justin Pugh, to be honest with you. Uh, Jeff Schwartz ideally is a guard. He's played tackle before. But why do you think he's a guard? Is because he wasn't a great tackle. But, you know, Justin Pugh, in my mind, is probably the best tackle on this roster right now. So I want my best tackle at left tackle. I think Eli Manning would probably agree with that. So the questions keep piling up for the Giants on the offensive line with the injury there to Beatty. And now we get OTAs coming up to him. Let's talk a little OTAs, and then we'll get into some Twitter questions from our listeners here on Talk is Cheap. So OTAs coming up this week. You'll be out there with the media watching, uh, what are you most looking forward to? Of all of the different question marks, you know, type of position we, we've talked about here, position battles, what's the first thing when you get out there and you're watching this you're going to look for this week? Wow, the first thing I'm going to look for? Well, I want, I'm going to look at where who's starting at safety. To me, that's a huge one. Uh, now I'm going to assume that Landon Collins is in one spot. This is a guy they invested in. They traded up in the second round. But who is next to Landon Collins? Because... That is a big spot, that safety position, where you look at this team and you see that could potentially be uh, the Achilles heel, the, 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 the unfixable weakness uh, of this team. Uh, now, you have a lot of young guys, so it wouldn't surprise me if it's not a weakness, but you just have no idea right now. So who is starting aside from Landon Collins, if Landon Collins is even there right now? Is it Nat Burhe? Is it Cooper Taylor? Is it somebody else? Do they all of us already envision Bennett Jackson or something, something like that or, or Michael Thompson, which I, which I doubt at this point, but do they envision no, any of those kind of guys really seriously entering that mix? So to me, I'm going to look straight at that safety position and see where it's going. Safety is a major what one. You, Joe, what, do you, what do you want to know? What do you want me to look at what for do I want to know. I want to know who's out there at linebacker. I want to know how Beeson's moving around. And I want to know how they line the offensive lineup, like we were talking about. Just, just the way I, I would love to just know initially how they line it up. Now, like you were saying, a rookie might be here or there just because they're a rookie on the first day. Right. But just the way they kind of envision it, if all things go maybe the way they want it to go. Well, let's go with linebacker first. I can tell you, it's probably going to be Beeson, Kennard, and uh, J.T. Thomas. That's kind of what they said. And J.T. Thomas is going to be battling with with uh, Jonathan Casillas for that weak side spot and probably a little sprinkling of uh, Jameel McClain everywhere. But, uh, you know, it's going to be Thomas and probably first and then Casillas getting the shot. But we'll see on that. And Beeson, you know, yeah, it's a good question. Let's let's see where he is. Uh, when you talk about offensive line, yeah, you say you, a rookie might be being held back a little bit at the beginning. You know, they want to 
let the rookie work him. But I don't even think that's going to happen with Eric Flowers at this point because they know they need him starting. He's a ninth pick in the draft, and he's just going to be probably thrown straight in there. Let's see where. I wouldn't be surprised if it starts at left tackle, to be honest with you. That's where he spent most of his time at the – all of his time at the rookie minicamp. So my guess is tomorrow, uh, right now at this point, they're going to have him at left tackle, see how that goes. And, uh, you know, if they have to make any adjustments and they don't think that that's going to be a logical move at this point, then they'll move on from there. What about the expectations for Victor Cruz in OTAs? I mean, where is he supposed to be from what we've heard and what you know at this point? I mean, OTAs is non-contact to begin with, but as far as running around and, and doing a little, um, you know, seven-on-seven seven type of stuff, are we going to see that at a Cruz or not yet? You want to know where Victor Cruz is going to be? Wherever the team is going to be, Victor Cruz is going to be on a different field. That's okay. where Victor Cruz is going to be. I wouldn't expect him to do – he kind of said, you know, that he's not – the plan is not to be back by now. The plan is to be back by the beginning of training camp. I expect to see him working at. We saw him, uh, uh, you know, working in the bubble field one day when uh, you know the team, the rookies were on on the field working at it. You'll see him on side fields running, kind of like he did with Odell Beckham for those, you know, first two months of the season where you see him running around, but you won't see him actually practicing with the team. So yeah, he'll be working out with a trainer on the side. Uh, the one that, that interests me most is Robert Ayers. Uh, you hear that he's he's fine, but that's the one I'm not really sure where he's at. Prince of Mukamara, probably going to be cleared. Bennett Jackson's already cleared. Uh, Jeff Schwartz might be on the side for it still because he's coming back from that uh, foot stuff. But I would expect him back probably at some point during OTAs. If not, definitely training camp. But he'll be out there working. He's been working, I know, and is moving pretty well and pretty much doing everything. I'm just not sure he's cleared for actual practice at this point. So we'll, we'll see on that one. Um, Prince, I, I'm not sure if I mentioned him, but Prince... Prince pretty close to uh, 100%, so he should be fine as well. Jordan, before we get into our OTA questions and, and our Twitter questions about the OTAs coming up here, it's funny you mentioned Robert Ayers because there's been a little, uh, I guess, tech, tech, technically uh, a little problem with our newsletter that goes out, our NJ Sports newsletter, and we have our giant stories in there from you and Nick, and there's one that's stuck. It's supposed to you know, refresh every day with your biggest story from the day before, but there's a story you wrote about Robert Ayers in October, I think it was. He missed practice. Not even that big of a deal. It just was a mispractice type of post you put up. But it's stuck, and it goes out like twice a week now. So I bet some of our <laughs> readers think he's like really hurt right now because he's missing practice even though there's no practice. Yeah, no, that's not the case. Robert Ayers had the uh, torn, was a pec, I believe, also. Uh, he definitely tore muscle, either pec or, or uh, triceps. I can't remember which one off the top of my head. But, uh, you know, that's a five-month injury type thing. We're talking December uh, till now, five, six months. And we're in, you know, we're in June right now almost. So we're basically at the six-month mark for him. So, you know, he'll be right around that mark. I don't know exactly if he where he is on the clearance side. Might take it along, bring it along a little slowly with him. Uh, so I think that's kind of where Robert Ayers is. But, no, he did not get injured in practice recently because there is no practice. Good. I'm glad we cleared that up. So if you see that tomorrow in the newsletter, just just ignore <laughs> it uh, as we have for the past couple weeks. Here. All right, let's get to our Twitter questions here. Uh, Larry Soprano said, Is there a penalty for a franchise player who hasn't signed yet to skip mandatory OTAs? They have to be a mandatory OTAs. He's, uh, yes, I, I believe there is. Uh, there's also a date where he has to elect to basically sign that tender by, uh, which is not coming up yet. But, uh, yeah, I believe there is a fine that can be incurred. 
I think most teams at this point, these fines end up being waived behind closed doors. So I don't think it's anything anyone really worries about the fine. And, you know, when you're talking about the amounts that you're talking about for three practices anyway, I don't think it's something that anybody looks at as uh, a real serious consequence. But I think JPP, the plan is for him to actually maybe get up here for OTAs. We'll find out for sure, though. That's still TBD. To go with JPP, let's go to this question. Pat had it at no party 2016. With the lack of experience at safety, do you see Spags going to nickel a lot more in coverage or being a more of a blitzing team, going to blitz packages? Kind of with the inexperience at safety, will he try to maybe mask that a little bit by doing different things in his base defense or on third down? Yeah, you know, uh, I, I expect Spags to be aggressive. I mean, this is what he. That's where he. You know, can hang his hat on. That's where he had his success. He's an aggressive defensive coordinator. Uh, his, you know, his thing is to go out there and and send different packages out there. I don't think he's going to get get, uh, you know, all of a sudden change his philosophy because they might be inexperienced on the back end. He's going to try and get them coached up where he has confidence in them and and get there and get after the quarterback. Look, I always say this: the best way to mask a troubled secondary is to get after the quarterback. If you get a good pass rush. That secondary all of a sudden looks fine. Look, the Baltimore Ravens have had a ton of success over the years. They didn't have the best cornerbacks. The Giants were not exactly loaded at cornerback when they won two Super Bowls. Uh, most of these teams, the, the Patriots prior to this season, weren't particularly great at cornerback the, the last you know five, six, seven years prior to getting Revis out there. Uh, so uh, I think it's a position you can mask uh, problems in the secondary as long as you get that pressure on the quarterback. If you don't get pressure on a quarterback, Every secondary is going to be made to look bad, especially young secondaries that are particularly young at the back end. Yeah, I totally agree, especially when it comes to Spags. You were mentioning the Ravens there and the Giants. The Ravens last year, they almost knocked off the Patriots in that divisional round game. They didn't have Jimmy Smith, one of their star corners. He went out, but Spags kept bringing pressure on Brady. And then you think back to you know Spags' year with the Giants when they won the Super Bowl in 2007. He won it with a rookie corner out there in Aaron Ross, and that defense was very aggressive with a good defensive line, but they also brought safeties. They brought linebackers. So I'd be surprised. I'm with you if Spags isn't aggressive regardless of who he has out there. Yeah, you got to get up to the quarterback. It's a, non, it's an absolute must. I mean, there's just no doubt about it. There's, it's, just, it's a non-negotiable. It is a non-negotiable. Josh chimed in here, Josh Shapiro 3. What to make of the pre-camp injuries the last few years? Simply bad luck, or is there any sort of reason? I guess he's thinking back to Beeson. Uh, now this injury to Beatty here. It just seems like these guys are getting hurt working out. Um, to me, I think it's just, you know, it's bad luck. It happens. You're working out. You're doing what you can to get in shape, and you get yourself hurt like, you know, Beatty lifting weights there. Yeah, I mean, there's numbers to show that the Giants have suffered a lot of injuries, but there's nothing to show that there's a direct correlation between the two. It's really hard to connect the two. I mean, uh, that's the thing here. I, I get this question a lot. And, you know, you try and look at it, and you look at the sheer number of injuries, and you say, hey, maybe there's something there. But when you look at it from a big picture, you say, how, is there, where's the connection? I mean, John Beeson was running. Uh, is there anything the training staff could really do to stop him? I, Prince also, a couple years ago, was a foot. Uh, you know, guys tearing their peck in, you know, on the bench and in the weight room, that happens also to people. Uh, I'm not sure... That's something you can directly put on a training staff or or any anything else. So I'm going to say right now I'm going to stick towards luck. I am too. And the Giants, unfortunately for them, they've had some bad luck here with the injuries over the last few years. All right, so we get the OTAs coming up this week. So t you know, take us through before we uh, we wrap up episode seven. 
Take us through what a normal OTA kind of looks like in terms of what they do out there. Because I think fans can get what a training camp practice is like. A lot of fans have gone out and watched training camp practice. But how is OTAs different? What does it look like in terms of when you watch it? Yeah, I mean, it's, it is like a training camp practice nowadays because at training camp, they don't really hit anymore. That's it's true. One of the lighter, it's one of the lighter days of training camp practices where they're basically in shorts and shells, uh, no pads, and they run around and they practice in shorts and they do drills and they, and they do offense, a little offense versus defense and one-on-one type stuff. And it's pretty much the same with, with no fans out there. But, look, they're starting from – scraps so they're doing real basic stuff to start out you know they're they're running their basic offense they're running their you know they're not getting complicated they're not working on uh you know end arounds and reverses and and flea flickers and that kind of stuff at this point it's real basic they want to get the rookies acclimated as well everybody you know fine-tuned on knowing the offense and knowing the plays and knowing where they're supposed to be and seeing what they have out there on the field so it looks sort of like a, a training camp practice but the easy days where they're out there and they're uh, only doing the basics. And for everybody else, for you and for us, it means football is starting to come back here, and the summer is upon us. Jordan, this was fun. We did it. We got through without Nick this week, and then he's hanging out in South Africa while we're here talking football. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate it, man. We'll do it again. All right, this has been Episode 7 of Talk is Cheap. Thanks for listening, everyone.